Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Hi everybody. Before we get started and dive into the Word of God today, let's just invite the Holy Spirit in. Wherever you're seated, wherever you're watching online, let's just invite the Holy Spirit in. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are with us wherever we are, you are. And I thank you right now that you'd help me to speak these words. Help me to open up what you have put in my heart. Not my words, not my ideas or concepts, but yours, I pray. Anything that I say that is wrong, would you just let it fall to the side and let your words come through. And Lord, I pray for everyone listening, that they would hear exactly the right word that you want them to have, to encourage and build them up. Thank you. We ask it in your wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let me take you back to two stories in the Bible. Two lovely stories. I'm sure you've heard them over and over and over again. But I want to just bring out four points, four in each. And I think you'll find that these four points are all the same. The first one I want to do is in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. You know it very well. Come on, let's read it together quickly in Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from the, over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the, all the earth. What an interesting story. Four points that I see, and I want to go through them really quickly. The first one is, did you notice that these guys were all in, united together and they had one common community project? Community project. You know, when we get together and when people start to think and put their ideas together, it's so much more powerful. One thing, but what was the root driving factor behind this community project? And that's what I want to dig into. There's a, couple, a key phrase that we saw right in the very first verse or two and said, let's make a name for ourselves. I'd like to submit to you that the city and the tower that they wanted to build was actually driven out of pride. It was actually ego, self. They wanted to make a name for themselves. I'm reminded in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, and it records the story of Satan. Now, God created the devil, Satan, and he was a beautiful angel originally. He was made of a musical instrument. Wherever he went around, music would just flow from his body. He was a musical instrument, and he used to lead the worship there. Now, he got pride in his heart, and he said a couple of very telling statements in Isaiah chapter 14. But I just want to focus on two of them. He said those exact same words. I will ascend to heaven. He wanted to ascend. Just like the, the, the people around the Babel Tower, they wanted to ascend to heaven. It's the same pride that got into them 
and they wanted to ascend to heaven. The second thing that Satan said there was, I want to be like the Most High. They wanted to have a name for themselves. Satan wanted to have a name, but they wanted to be God. So often when we are driven from a pride and an ego, really down deep rooted inside us, we're trying to make a name for ourselves. What we're almost doing is trying to make ourselves God of our own lives. The second thing that I saw there, they had limitless imagination. There were so many people, each had their own dream and their own idea, but they pulled them together to a common project, a common city that they were building. You know, we, when we talk with, in teams at work and in the workplace, you'll often hear the saying that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. When everyone pulls their ideas and their contribution, what they can perform and what they can create is fantastic. And that's exactly what these people were doing. They pulled their limitless imaginations and together they were building a city. Really interesting here, they were building the city. But when the Lord actually uh, says uh, in the next couple of verses, he said, let us go and see the city that they had built, past tense. And when they unify together and you start to do something together, as in God's eyes, it's virtually done. So he was saying in past tense, I thought it was really interesting, just a little throwaway thought there. But the third thing that they had and these people were doing was they had unity of voice. They were all speaking the same language. Our words are so powerful. The whole earth had one language and one speech. The word language there is literally lip. They were saying the same thing. They were repeating, we're going to build a city, we're going to build a tower, we're going to do this. They kept on repeating over and over the same thing. They were unified. But the, the second word there was speech. And this, the Hebrew word there for speech is debar. And you know, it's very interesting in Hebrew. The word debar is used for speech, but it's also used for thing, physical thing. When we speak, things are made. You know that everything that is made, everything you see was first made by words. It is first created in the spiritual realm before it manifests in the, spirit, in the physical realm. We see that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Whatever we things that we see were not made from the stuff that is seen. It was made from invisible things, words. Oh, I think that's so powerful. Unity of speech. Then they got together in their unity of thought and they created a unified project. But the fourth thing that they had, they had a huge supply of materials. They had bricks and mortar and they could make more. So the city could just grow and grow and grow unlimited supply of resources because they could make it themselves. So they had an abundant, overflowing, overwhelming, large supply for them. The word there that the Bible says is Babel. I've pronounced it Babel. In fact, when I was listening to one of the Hebrew scholars, they called it Babel. It's pronounced a little bit different, but who's heard of the Tower of Babel? So we'll just call it the Tower of Babel, or maybe you say Babel, or something like that. But in our Babel, God comes down to see the city and he interrupts things. What does he do? He changes one thing. He changes their speech. He stops their voices all being heard and understanding their language. He divides the language. Once the language is divided, the ideas and concepts are now divided. And the project gets divided and people scatter. Oh, we need to be talking the same things, don't we? Come on, let's go and have a listen now to the second story. And the second story is found in Acts chapter 2. Listen to this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, 
as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we are born? When we hear them speak in our own language the wonderful works of God. In this story, it is reversed. God comes down first. This is the reversal of what happened at the Tower of Babel. In the Tower of Babel, God divided their language. But now here in this story, God unites the, the language and they speak one language, tongues. Very interesting, the project, one community project. This pro project that they are now building in the book of Acts is not a city. It's not a tower. It's something special. And it's not based and built from an ego, pride aspect. No, this is all to glorify God. The common project is the church. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes down, is the formation of the new baby church. The church era now begins this is all here to make the name of Jesus big and famous. Not like Satan where he wanted to be, have a name and be famous and sent to the heavens. Now we want to lift up the name of Jesus. In uh, the Tower of Babel, they wanted to make themselves famous. But now, when talking about faith and in the church, God wants to make ourselves famous. Listen to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. God's the one who's going to get the glory. He's the one who's going to do the church and build the church. Oh yes, Matthew 16 verse 18 says, I will build my church. And this is Jesus speaking. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus is going to build this church and we get to be part of the project, the community project building the church. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18 says that he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, and that in all things he might have preeminence. Jesus is building his church. He is the head and we are the body. Have you ever seen a head just walking around by itself without legs, without arms? No, a head is, needs a body and we're part of it. So Jesus is building his church, but we get to participate with him as his body. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, we are co-laborers and co-workers with Christ. What's a project? The community project is building the church. But the second point that we saw was limitless imagination. Did you notice what God said? Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them or impossible. Well, we can see that exact same thing here. Matthew 19 verse 26, Jesus looked at the disciples there and said to them, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Let me rephrase that. With the Holy Spirit coming down and dwelling in us and amongst us and empowering us, everything is possible. Woohoo! We got a community project that we can work with and it's possible we can do this. We can build something with Jesus. But we're talking about imagination. And some people say, hmm, imagination. You know what? The, the Bible actually talks about that. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. 
never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo all of them, for His marvelous power constantly energizes you. Dreams, imaginations. I looked up the Greek, yes, it actually says imaginations. Oh, when we get together and we start to pull all of our ideas, our concept, and building the church together, it is limitless. But the third thing that we saw here was unity of voice. In the Tower of Babel, they all had one language. And now we see something totally different. Everyone's got a different language. They're all meeting in Jerusalem, different, speaking different languages. Very interesting that when the Holy Spirit comes down, the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak one language. Now all of a sudden they are unified in the Spirit. Oh my goodness, there's some power available when we start to speak out in unity. I'm reminded of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. They're in total unity. And when they were in unity, in Genesis chapter 1, God said, and when he said something, he saw what he said. He said, let there be, and there was. Let there be heavens, and there was heavens. Let there be animals, and there were animals. Let there be flowers and trees, and there was. God saw what he said. When we start to speak in unity with the unction of the Holy Spirit, we begin to see and materially make things in the spirit realm that will manifest in the physical realm. Look at this verse that I found in Psalm verse 33, verse 6, and verse 9. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and the stars were born. For when he spoke, the worlds began. It appeared at his command. Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit gives us tongues. We can now start to speak together. I, it's a mystery. I don't understand what I'm saying. Sometimes when I speak in tongues, I don't understand in my local head, my physical head, but I know that my heart is speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm speaking heavenly and earthly languages that I don't know. I'm speaking mysteries. Jeremiah chapter 51. This is a powerful verse. You've got to have a look at this. He has made the earth by his power. He established the word by his wisdom. The worlds were created by his wisdom. Hold on that thought. Hold it. They were created by his wisdom. Read on. And he stretched out the heavens with his understanding. When he uttered his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. He causes the vapor to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. God created when he spoke the word things. But what are you speaking? Mysteries. That's what it says. Mysteries. He's speaking mysteries and he saw. When we speak mysteries, we see. Oh, when we start to speak in tongues, we don't always understand with our head mysteries. We're speaking, but we will see. Have a look. It says that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7 and 10. Paul says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So when we speak the wisdom of God in the spirit realm, it starts to make things. And those things will start to manifest in the physical realm. We speak a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, ordained before the ages for our glory. But God has revealed them, the mysteries, to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Oh, I'm so thankful for tongues. The Holy Spirit coming in and giving us that ability to be creative. 
so we can build a common project, the church. Fourthly, the fourth thing that he gave, he gave a supply. In the Tower of Babel, they had bricks and mortar. But we have something better than bricks and mortar. And I'm reminded of last week's sermon with uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. Let me remind us. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance, Paul says, through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. That word there, supply, is a, a Greek word and it's a very special word. It's epicharagia. Can you say that? Epicharagia. You've got to be South African to say that word. Charagia. Charagia is on behalf of the choir. It's epic. Epi is epic. It's, it's huge. It's over and above. Have a look at this. Uh, it says a huge contribution, more than enough excessively large, abundant, overflowingly large. There is a supply box that is available to you and me, a supply. When we open up that supply, we say, whoa, look what God has given us. Look at this. I have this and I have this and I've got all the different supply, everything that I need. And it's limitless. This supply box keeps getting refilled and refilled and refilled by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a fantastic thing. When we have a hard time, when we're going through a hard situation, when trouble surrounds us, when we're all done, when we're at the end of our ability, I'm telling you, there is a supply box that is made available to us. And it's fantastic, epic, unlimited supply. Philippians 1.19 is broken up into two parts. For I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit from Jesus Christ. In the Greek there, it, it just joins all the words to, together. Supply is epichargia, spirit is pneuma, and Jesus Christ. The three words, boom, boom, boom. So it's the supply of the spirit from Jesus Christ. The benefactor, the person who is actually giving us the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. He's the one who actually gives the spirit to us. Galatians 3, 5 says exactly this. Therefore, he who supplies epikargia, and he gives us that supply. Now, you'll notice in that little verse there, it's epikargio. When it puts an O, it's a verb. It means it's giving it. It just changes the last two letters and changes it from a noun to a verb. But John 7, 37 says, if anyone is thirsty, this is Jesus speaking. Let him come to me and drink. But this he said concerning the spirit whom we believing him would receive. John 16 verse 9, If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Sometimes when we meet people, we'll see that they're going through a hard time. Let's make up a fictitious person, Jimmy. Let's say you meet Jimmy and Jimmy's feeling a bit down. Jimmy's going through a hard time. And Jimmy's walking around with his box, Epicharagia. And you say, Jimmy, what's wrong? What's the problem? He says, ah, I've got these problems. I said, well, Jimmy, what's in your hand? My supply box. Well, Jimmy, why don't you use what's in your supply box and use that to help you? Well, well I don't know. I've got the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure. Am I allowed to use it? Am I allowed to use him? What's in? Jimmy, are you telling me you haven't even opened your box? Jimmy, the supply that you need is in there to solve your problem. So Jimmy opens the box, oh, look at that, look at all the wonderful goodies that the Holy Spirit is giving me. Fantastic. But then Jimmy just closes the box and still works, but I've still got the problem. 
You're gonna scream and say, Jimmy, if you've got a supply box, open it and use the contents inside the box. The supply is meant to help you. How many of us have got the Holy Spirit? Yes, we got the blessed God, we got the Holy Spirit. I've got the Holy Spirit, I received the Holy Spirit. But are you using the Holy Spirit? Remember, He's your helper. He was sent to help you. And, you know, I've got to have a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. Listen to these words. The manifestation of the Spirit, the the gift of the Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. For to the other, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Or miracles, prophecy, discerning of uh, spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All of these were given by the Spirit. It ends off and says, but one and all the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing as He requires. You've got a problem. Inside there is everything you need. There's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's tongues, there's interpretation, there's everything, miracles, faith, everything is inside there. Or would we open up the box and begin to use what God has given us, the supply, the epic supply of the Spirit inside there. I I used to work in a consulting environment in electrical engineering, designing power station transmission lines and things like that. And I was the operations manager and we had 25 engineers that used to report to me. And we would do business in the Middle East, uh, in Europe, all over the place. And unfortunately, I would sometimes get uh, telephone calls from an unhappy client. And the client would say, Wayne, I'm not happy. Uh, we wanted this and we received something else. What you're delivering isn't what we're needing. There's a miscommunication. Uh, we're not going to pay. We, anyhow, I had to go and sort this out. Now, I wasn't the one delivering the project. I wasn't the one actually doing the work. I was just facilitating everything. So I was the guy where the buck stopped. So I'd get on the airplane and I'd fly off to meet the client. And I'd have to go into some very hard meetings. First of all, they will all talk with these funny acronyms. They, they have internal phrases and things that I have no idea what they're talking about. And so within seconds and minutes, you're supposed to get a comprehension of what they're saying, what the problem is, and solve it and get a happy client. So I learned a trick, my supply box. Often I would go on the aeroplane and start speaking tongues. Holy Spirit, thank you. When I go to that meeting, I do not know what I'm going to face. I don't know what the issues are. But Lord, would you give me the wisdom that I need? And I'd speak in tongues. And I would speak. And I wouldn't be freaking out at the airport. I'd just quietly under my breath say, Lord, I thank you. And I trust you that I'm going to have the right words when I get into that meeting. You know, virtually every single time when I'd get into that meeting, they would be so aggressive. They would be frowning. They were going to stand their ground. They were going to make their demands. You know, Holy Spirit would just drop a little thought in my idea, in my heart. And I'd say to the guy, you know what, is this the problem? And, and I'd, I'd phrase it for them. And that their eyes would just, yes. So, and then God would give me wisdom. And it's, well, what if we were able to do this, this and this? Would that solve the problem? Yes. By the end of the meeting, we were shaking hands and having tea and coffee together. A week later, I come back with a solution for them and stuff, and we became best friends. And in fact, they give us extra work. Is that because I'm so clever? No. If you only knew, I, I hadn't a clue. I was winging it. I tell you what, I was so needing the supply box. I needed everything inside here. I'm so thankful for that, as the Holy Spirit would help me in my day-to-day work. Guys, the second place that that word, epichargia, is used is in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. 
That's the only second time in the Bible it is used. Listen to this. The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I want to put the word epichragiria in there. Listen to this. The whole body joined to and knit together by what every joint supplies. There's the word epichragia. There it is, right there. Supply. Every joint has a supply. We are the body of Christ. We are, the, he's the head, we're the body. And it's saying there that every single one of us has a supply for the body. Not just a little gift, an epic gift. Epicharagia. Oh my goodness. Listen, when we're working on the common project of the church, when we start to have creative imagination, when we begin to speak together in one and we focused as one, there is a supply made available to us in the spirit to achieve the job that we need in, to produce. Read on. According to the effect of working. Uh, effect of working. I just happened to stumble upon this in the Greek. And, and it just, do you know that Greek word there is energia? And we get the word energy and efficiency from there. But my concordance tells me it is only used when referring to God and the supernatural. Supernatural energy, supernatural efficiency. Join the two together, we say we have an epichoragia supply and it is effective, supernaturally effective when we are all working as the body of Christ together. In 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 and 11, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God is supplying. And there is the word haragia. Haragia. That is that same word of supply. Then everything to you, everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Two weeks ago, Pastor Steve was preaching and he said, the miracle is not in the taps. The miracle is not in the taps. And he said, you and I are the taps. We're the body. We're the taps. We're what people see. But the miracle is not there. The miracle is in the flowing of the water in the taps. And that's exactly what this is saying. Each of you has been given a gift. Every single one of us. It might be to serve on the helps team. It might be on the PA team. It might be on the media or the lighting or the super kids or the youth. There are multiple ministries and needs that we have in church building the project. And God has given you a supply, an epic supply. And when you begin to use and minister for him, then there is the supernatural anointing that flows through. Oh, I want to say thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want to encourage you guys. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the supply. You have a supply. You have something that somebody else needs. Oh, guys, please, please connect with your small groups. Don't stay away. If they're meeting on Zoom, meet on Zoom. If they're meeting in person, meet in person. Don't neglect it at all. It's such a high priority because you carrying something, you have a supply that someone else needs. You know, you might come in there thinking, ah, I'm nothing. I, I, I don't contribute. And you just share something that happened to you at work and you don't know that that is exactly what somebody else in that group needed. A word of encouragement. Guys, you have a supply and when you join in there, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you.
We're allowing the Holy Spirit to join us, unite us in voice, unite us in our common imagination, and unite us in a common project, building the church. Don't neglect gathering online uh, like you are doing right now. And guys, listen, just because the weather is nice doesn't mean you just miss church. If you do need to miss for family or some uh, event, make sure you catch up. Why? Because you're part of a community. You're part of a project. Don't, when last was it, or how many weeks have you missed? You shouldn't be missing at all. Because the catch up, make sure if you have to miss, you say, right, Monday morning or Monday night, I'm going to make it priority to get back involved so that I know where we're going as a body. Come in person. The church requires people. We require PA people. We require people on the media team and the lighting. We need now people for cameras. We need people to play in the band. We need people to do the super kids. We haven't had super kids for a year and a bit. We're going to be starting that up. We need people to help us. Oh, but Wayne, I'm not so sure about No, guys, we a supply that you have that no one else can supply. You've got that gift that God has given you. And when you start to use it, it's a supernatural anointing that can flow. The church needs you. The project, the community project needs you. Pentecost, the receiving of the Holy Spirit, is the divine reversal of what happened at Babel. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you flow through us? Holy Spirit, right now we bring to you our gifts. And we say, Lord, you equipped us. You gave us a part to play. Some of us can do this, some of us do something else. But when you get on the scene, you can supercharge and put super super abundance on us. Lord, would you help us this week as we go out during the week, on Sunday, whenever, to be the church, to encourage somebody else. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the supply. Lord Jesus, thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to us and we receive you. We want to say thank you. Amen. Don't forget to speak in your language. Speak in tongues as often as you can. Why do you think Paul encouraged and said, I speak in tongues more than you all put together? He knows and he knew that there was power released when we speak the mysteries of God. We're building the church and the kingdom together. Jesus is the head and we are co-laborers. Guys, I hope this encouraged you. I'm not trying to shake you and, and, and motivate you to get involved. No, we are building something and we are moving. We're heading north. I want to enjoy, ask you to join in the ride. Come on, let's build something. Let's make the name of Jesus great. God bless you.